Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Nicholas Toledo Zaragoza, Jacqueline Sundheim, Stephen Strauss, Kevin and Irina McCarthy, Catherine Goldstein, Eduardo Uvaldo. These are the seven people who were killed at the 4th of July parade in Highland Park. To their communities, they were so much more than victims. Toledo was a grandfather on a trip from Mexico to see his family. Sundheim was a dedicated volunteer at her synagogue. Goldstein was an avid bird watcher. Strauss still showed up to his financial office at the age of 88. The McCarthys used their bodies to protect their two-year-old son. WBEZ's Susie Ahn spent yesterday talking to their friends, family, and neighbors. Susie, how were Highland Park residents feeling when you talked with them yesterday? Uh, People were just in shock and disbelief. You know, that's what I kept hearing from folks. Residents talked about how they love this community and it's known for being safe. They would never think anything like this would happen. And, you know, people I spoke to say it's a close community. So nearly everyone knew someone who was impacted in some way. Well, you talked with folks along that parade route. Here is Lindsay Meltzer. She's the owner of the smoothie shop Bright Bowls. My whole staff, they're 18 to 22 years old. And yesterday... They were amazing. I mean, we they sprung into action. They were calm and just, I mean, we, they kept me calm sometimes. They were truly unbelievable. And I needed, we all needed a mental day today. So she mentioned her relatively young staff there, all 18 to 22-year-olds. These are kids who have probably grown up doing active shooter drills. Yeah, which is, which is kind of crazy to think about, but that's just sort of the reality now. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Meltzer said, you know, her young staff, they were able to jump into action. And she told me they helped gather in about 100 or so people into the store to shelter in place. And, and while the shop was closed yesterday, she and her husband were out passing out smoothies to officers investigating. And they just felt like they needed to do something, even if it was a small gesture. Yeah. Talk about Nicolas Toledo Zaragoza. He was visiting from Mexico, right? Yeah, Nicholas was visiting family. He was 78 years old and and had a very large family. Um, Eight kids, two dozen grandkids, close to a dozen great-grandchildren, and and many of them lived in the area. The pandemic had kept him away for the past couple of years, so he was very happy to be able to spend quality quality time with his family. And now they're all just so devastated. Finally, he could travel, come to the States and visit. And wow. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, you talked with Fabiola Toledo, who is uh, Nicholas's granddaughter. I want to play just a little bit of what she had to say. My dad, he's a very nice. Uh, he's coming here for three months. And um, he wants to stay here for probably six months. And he's so happy. We're, we're uh, A in the family. And my dad, he said he wants to stay longer because he want to be safe with the whole family. Almost the whole family is here. So, gosh, he was just really enjoying his time with the family. Yeah, and and Fabiola told me that the family regularly uh, attended the Highland Park Parade, and so her father was so happy to be outside. And she says now one of the the younger children keeps asking her when he'll be home, and she just doesn't have the heart to say what happened. 
Highland Park and uh, its neighboring town, Highwood, they've got a strong Latino community as well. What have you learned about this community and how they're dealing with this? Yeah, and, and I think that is very important to note. Um, not only a, a, a large Latino community, but a sizable undocumented community. I spoke with a case manager at the Highwood Public Library who's been busy making calls to families around the area. Um, she says people are, are just traumatized. Um, many people were at the parade. Uh, some some were shot or, or knew people who had been shot. She told me there was a, a woman who had a video from the parade that she wanted to give to police, but she was scared to come forward because of her status. And so um, that case manager was able to uh, deliver that video on her behalf. But you know, there's there's just an extra layer of fear there. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the people that you talked to is a Highwood resident named Beatrice Simone, known as Betty. Here's what she had to say. Right now, my son doesn't want to get out from the house. I don't want to. I had to walk my dog from yesterday into today. He wasn't going outside. I take him today, uh, but before taking him out, I was in the window looking like 20 times before to get out because I was so scary, uh, mostly must because my, it was my neighbor. So, you know, there's not just this large Latino community in Highwood. We also learned yesterday, Susie, that the shooter is from there. So mm-hmm. how are they processing that? Like he was living, you know, right within those yeah. streets. Yeah, I mean, it's been really tough. I, uh, Betty actually told me that uh, she lived like just a few doors down from oh. um, where Cremo lived. Wow. And so while I was talking to her, you know, she started to cry and needed to take a break. Just, just you know, it, she's been having a hard time wrapping her mind around the fact that she had lived so close to this person. And even though he's in custody, it's just the fear. She can't shake it. And so she and her son... Um, are, are just terrified to leave their house. Tell us about uh, Jacqueline Sundheim. She, she was a former teacher, right? Yes, Jackie Sundheim um, was 63. And Lindsay Meltzer, who we heard from earlier, said her, her kids actually had Jackie as a preschool teacher. So she was someone who was very much part of the community. She also volunteered at her synagogue, North Shore Congregation Israel. Have you heard anything from the synagogue? Yes, we got a, a statement from the synagogue. They are, are of course, in, in disbelief and, and are grieving for um, Jackie and her family. And, and they said her work, kindness and warmth touched everyone. This one hit hard yesterday when we learned the identities of uh, the mm. McCarthy's. Yeah. I, Kevin and Irina, you know, folks piecing together that the, the toddler that was wandering belonged to them. They were young yeah. parents, right? Yeah, this this was a couple. Uh, they were they were in their thirties. Both were fatally shot at the parade. Um, and, and the two year old that you mentioned that was their son Aiden, um, who was found wandering around the area. And it's it's just heartbreaking. Fortunately, someone found him and brought him to the police station. And, and residents uh, recognized him, and, and they were able to help uh, connect him with his grandparents, who are now caring for him. And of course, there have been many GoFundMe pages set up for a lot of the victims. And and you can see that the the story of of the McCarthys and their son Aiden has has really stuck with people, and so that fundraiser yeah. has has raised more than two million dollars. So I've far. seen the the images of his little face, just yeah. just heartbreaking. So you know Betty, as you mentioned, who lives in Highwood, she just lived down the street from the shooter. Uh, you also met Charlotte Bank, who went to his church. You, you met her at a prayer vigil there. Uh, let's listen to what she had to say. 
I saw him Thursday night and I saw him Sunday morning at the church and I asked him what hey Bobby what do you have going on for the weekend do you go to do you like to celebrate 4th of July or you know what's going on and he really just said no he didn't really have any plans or anything um, so I saw him the day before it happened and I saw him the Thursday before that and the day before it happened he didn't seem any different than other times nothing nothing so that's partly why I'm here to try to get comfort from the other people who knew him and um, and from my belief in God and, and prayer and, you know, just to try to reconcile um, the difference in those two, those two pieces of knowledge. Gosh, she's describing such a casual conversation with him just the mm-hmm. day before. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte was just trying to make sense of all of that you know, she, she now sees him as two different people and she's trying to process that soft spot she has for the person she knew before Monday. And, um, you know, people, members of her church, they were kind of going together to all the various prayer vigils yesterday and, and, um, just trying to process the person they knew before. Well, you've had these conversations, very difficult conversations, Susie. What parts of this story are you going to report on next? Um, well, we've just learned of the seventh victim who um, you named earlier, uh, Eduardo Ubalde, uh, who is 69 and, and will hopefully be bringing more information about him. Um, I'll also be reporting more on the supportive services available, particularly to the immigrant population of the area. So hoping to bring more on that. Suzyan is an education reporter here at WBEZ. She was on the scene in Highland Park talking to victims, families and the community. Thank you so much, Susie. Thank you. That's it for today's Reset. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a review or a rating. And we'd love for you to subscribe. We'll continue to cover the mass shooting in Highland Park, racial inequities, and other big news, like what the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade will mean for reproductive health care. Thanks so much for listening. We'll continue to be here for you on Reset. Let's talk soon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.